Welcome to the Next in Health podcast. I'm Igor Belokranitsky, principal with PwC Strategy End, where I get to help leading health organizations with their strategies and operating models. And I'm Jenny Colapitro, PwC's vice chair for health industries, working across pharmaceuticals, medtech, payers, and providers. And today, Igor and I have two exciting guests with us, Glenn Hunsinger and Greg Rotz. Glenn is PwC's Farm and Life Sciences Consulting Leader, and he helps support clients to enhance their shareholder value through both organic and inorganic business activities. And Greg is a PwC Farm and Life Sciences Transformation Leader. He's focused on helping corporate and business unit strategy and has a proven track record delivering high-impact results. So Glenn, Greg, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having us, Jenny and Igor. Great. Well, we're excited to dig in here and get your perspectives, I think, on the broader global macroeconomic environment and headwinds that you're seeing, as well as you've recently launched the Next in Pharma 2023 Thought Leadership Peace Series. So would love to also just hear your perspectives and cover overall industry innovation that you're seeing. It's been obviously quite a year already in 2023 for pharma and life sciences. But Glenn, can you just share your overall trends that you're seeing and perhaps touch on some impacts also that you're seeing from a regulatory standpoint and any adjustments that you're seeing with regards to the Inflation Reduction Act? Great. Thanks, Jenny. I think the industry is at a very interesting time right now. When you take a step back and just look at the industry from a value creation and shareholder lens over the past 10 years, It's just been unprecedented breakthrough in sort of life-saving and curing science around oncology, Alzheimer's, rare disease, cell and gene therapy, and new technologies such as mRNA. And I think the interesting thing, when we take a step back from that, when we look, there's no doubt there's a bunch of headwinds that pharma has, both from a regulatory landscape and from a broader business landscape. I think the constant discussion around drug pricing, reimbursement, affordability is ever a constant, but with the IRA, I think that's really causing some people to kind of pause and with some ambiguity on how exactly it get rolls out and the impact it'll have starting sort of in that 26 period. I think there's a lot of questions people have and uh, reevaluation of certain product strategies and, and how they go about developing and commercializing products, given that there's going to be sort of short and windowed on the product lifecycle. I think the healthcare ecosystem, you know, between the payers and providers are going to continue to have sort of more influence and and voice in the market. If you look at the emerging technologies around oncology and other diseases, which will be treated sort of in that care setting where sort of the providers will have more of a face to the customer, you know, there's going to be more sort of voice of the healthcare system outside of pharma. Patients are getting more involved. And then obviously we have these broader business issues that every company is facing now with geopolitical kind of global versus local. And obviously pharma is a big global business, you know, inflation, higher interest rates, changing taxes across each of the territories, and then the constant around supply chain challenges. I think there's no doubt that those headwinds are are all here to stay and pharma companies are kind of geared up to be able to operate through them, but it makes it harder and harder for pharma to continue to create shareholder value, particularly when you compare it to sort of other industries, given what we're doing here. This is a very helpful overview and wanted to zero in on one particular issue. We're seeing headlines every day 
across all industries and certainly in health industries around the cost pressures that organizations are experiencing and how they're dealing with them. And so, Greg, I wonder if you would speak about cost pressures in the pharma and life sciences industry and how some of the organizations are rising to meet the challenge. I think some of the challenges are the same as what all of the other sectors are dealing with. So for sure, pharmaceuticals, medical devices are dealing with inflation, just like every other sector in the economy is dealing with inflation. Some things that are different, though, is I think in pharmaceuticals, we're seeing a rising competitive intensity in each of the therapeutic areas, right? The good news of more drug approvals is better options for patients, but it also means more head-to-head competition. There's been some big patent expirations, which means there's more generic competition. And there's a shift in the portfolio from some of the traditional medicines of the past to new, more personalized medicines that, again, have great benefits for patients, but it creates a challenge in generating returns on a smaller patient population. So it means that the ultimate manufacturers need to figure out how to generate the same or equal level of returns against all of those types of headwinds. I think what we're seeing is companies are taking a step back and saying, where do we really need to allocate our resources? And the traditional processes inside of a company for allocating resources, whether it's long-range strategic planning or whether it's annual budgeting, aren't necessarily set up to generate the types of insights and the type of alignment that's needed to really get that precision resource allocation right. The leading companies that we're seeing are really recognizing that and starting to ask some new questions about how to get better visibility into what's driving value and what's not, how to have a different type of dialogue inside the company on how to actually frame trade-offs versus having the standard budget negotiation and really making sure they define strategies in a clear enough way that it's helpful for general managers and functional leaders to ensure that where they're placing their money is really aligned with what the company wants to do. Greg, you've touched on just the tools that companies can use for dealing with this cost pressure and really identifying and driving value. Can you share a little bit about how digital technology can be a part powering that growth and differentiation? Yeah, great, Jenny. This is an area of real, I think, excitement and enthusiasm in our sector. There's been a lot published about the possibilities of artificial intelligence and other emerging technologies in the process of discovering drugs, which is very exciting and very promising. I think when it comes to dealing with some of the headwinds we were just talking about, there's also exciting innovations in applying digital technologies to how companies, you know, run. And there, I think we're finally moving from concepts and pilots to really driving value at scale. And if you just take one area as an example, in drug development, which is one of the most expensive parts of the pharmaceutical value chain, what's possible now with intelligent clinical trial design and how to think about patient populations, how to think about picking the sites where the clinical trials run, There's a whole new set of possibilities there that can help accelerate the launch of trials. It can help reduce the number of amendments that need to be made in how the trials work. And ultimately, that's good for patients as well as the sponsors running these trials because you can lower the cost, shorten the time window, and get these drugs to market faster. That notion of intelligent clinical trial design is one example of applying emerging technologies in artificial intelligence and analytics to a big problem in the pharmaceutical industry, which is the cycle time that it takes to discover drugs. And we're seeing that in other areas as well. 
whether it's smart factory concepts that can be used to improve yields on the manufacturing of drug product, or whether it's on the customer engagement side and really getting a lot more sophisticated in how to deliver the right content to the right customer, patient, or physician at the right time in a much more targeted and effective way to make sure that the end users actually use the medicine in the way it is intended. So across the value chain, I think we're starting to see real demonstration of value in applying digital technology, and we're just still in the early innings. There's a lot yet to come. This is super exciting and appreciate you sharing this with us. Maybe let's shift gears and talk about another area that people are really interested in, which is the deals environment for this year. We already had a conversation with Roel and Nick about how this year will shape up in terms of deals and health. But Glenn, I'm wondering if you would take us into your expectations for deals for 2023. Great. Thanks, Igor. And I think just dovetailing from some of the conversation Greg was talking about, about companies really looking inwards to really transform themselves and ready themselves for the next wave here. If we looked at 2022, people were disappointed with the deal activity as far as dollars invested. It was down around 30% versus previous year. As we look forward, I think everyone's expectation is that number sort of bounces back up to sort of more normal levels. But I'd say that the one thing we did see in 2022 was there was a lot of transactions, just not the same amount of dollars invested. So everybody was working hard to really look at the science, really look at the pipelines and figure out how do we sign the right sort of types of agreements by balancing sort of uh, capital allocation and risk. You know, I think that the thing that everyone's excited about going forward here, and at least provides a lot of tailwinds here, is there's really a lot of great and exciting science that's expected to be approved. There's $250 billion of R&D that poured into the system last year. Biotechs were very well capitalized a couple of years ago. So we got to see a lot more progress on the science front. And I think while the next wave of innovation is going to come in certainly difficult areas around sort of neuro and Alzheimer's and other rare diseases, I think the industry is excited about the roadmap that oncology has sort of shown here. We think about the progress we've had in the last five to 10 years that gives excitement. So definitely innovative science is exciting, provides a lot of supply as far as companies out there to be purchased. I think combine that with capital is available to sort of get deals done for pharma companies. Yeah, they all have an LOE or patent cliff that's hitting over the next five years. It's expected to be about $175 billion of sort of revenues that could potentially be lost with the patent cliff. I think with the impact of IRA and and other strategic angles, we could continue to see reshuffling of portfolios. And and I think companies are also looking to maybe transact to transform the business. So when we take a step back, all those factors give us sort of uh, good comfort here, or at least cautious optimism that's going to be a very robust year for 2023. I think everybody across the industry expects there to be a fair amount of capital allocated towards getting deals done and looking to sort of revamp the company's portfolio for that next wave. So I think there's a lot of excitement out there for both acquisitions. I think we'll continue to see structured deals to try to balance out upfront payments and sort of the risk reward. And dare I say, is there a potential that people could look at a swap as a way to really reshuffle the portfolio and get deeper into areas where you can have some scale while recognizing, hey, if you can't have scale, how are you going to compete in this world? So that reshuffling of that portfolio is what's on our radar. 
Very, very interesting. And so as we bring this conversation to a close, I know Greg and Glenn, both of you were at a conference here on the West Coast recently talking to the industry leaders. And so maybe just give us a couple of closing thoughts on your expectations for the year. I think from my side, Igor, there continues to be a huge amount of enthusiasm for the scientific possibilities in the life sciences domain. And that's good because we still have a lot of serious medical conditions and a lot of friends and neighbors and family members who are wrestling with serious unmet medical needs. So I think that enthusiasm for the possibility of science continues to be high and is a real North Star for where we need to go. As I think about the management teams that we're working with and the conversations we're having, I think 2023 will be that year of the lean in on transformation, transformation at the strategic level and really looking at where do we place our bets at the operational level and how we apply digital technology to innovate and overhaul the value chain. And with the workforce, as we come off of 22, where a lot of companies wrestled with what's the right model. I think coming back to what's really fundamental in the workforce experience and how to get the right experience for talent will be the third and final leg of the transformation agenda. And I think leaning into that transformation agenda throughout the year will be a theme of 23. I agree, Greg. I find it inspiring that despite all the headwinds that this industry has to deal with, they're resilient and wake up every day to fight because when it's all said and done, it really is all about the science and all about patients and saving and curing lives. And to me, the most exciting thing is the breakthrough science that's going to hit. It's going to start to hit this year and over the next five years. And I think that's you know, the resiliency of the industry over years and to see the next wave starting with great passion around that transformational efforts is super exciting to see how we're going to be able to bring drugs to market quicker, faster, cheaper. Glenn and Greg, Thank you for joining us and for preparing us for the year ahead. And of course, we will link your next and pharma report in the show notes for this episode. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.